0: Thank you for listening to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And in the next couple of podcasts, we want to examine a brief psalm that has garnered much attention, and that is Psalm 82. Listen to these words, a psalm of Asaph God takes his stand in his own congregation, he judges in the midst of the rulers. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked, Sillah? Vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness in all the foundations of the earth are shaken i said you are gods and all of you are sons of the most high nevertheless you will die like men and fall like any one of the princes arise o god judge the earth for it is you who possess all the nations now that reading was from the new american standard bible Some versions differ from that on some significant words, as I think we can illustrate in just a moment. Why has this psalm provoked so much attention? Well, much of it is trying to figure out verse 1. In this podcast, we simply hope to describe some of the different positions that are taken in regard to Psalm 82 in verse 1. While Lord willing, in the next podcast, we will cover the psalm a little bit more comprehensively. The New American Standard has the word God in verse 1. It has these words, God takes his stand in his own congregation, and judges in the midst of the rulers. Usually in English, word order is the subject comes before the verb. In Hebrew, usually the verb comes before the subject. If the subject comes before the verb in Hebrew, it is, the subject is emphatic, it's being emphasized. The first word of Psalm 82, the first word after the heading, is not the verb, but it is the word God. God is being emphasized. God takes his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of the rulers. Now, the word God in the first statement is the Hebrew term Elohim. It is also the word used at the end of verse 1, which says he rules in the midst of the rulers, the New American Standard has. But some of your versions have the word God's. For in that particular case, it is also the Hebrew word Elohim. God takes his stand in his own congregation. Some of your versions may have the congregation of God or the assembly of God because that uses another Hebrew word for God, El. Much of the controversy about the psalm is about that last word of verse 1. who is, Who are the Elohim among whom God rules and God judges in Psalm 82? We're going to describe three positions that are often taken in regard to this particular psalm. First of all, The term Elohim can, at times, God takes his stand in his own congregation, in the congregation of God, and he judges in the midst of the Elohim. He judges in the midst of the rulers. Sometimes this word Elohim can refer to human judges. For example, you see that in Exodus 21 and verse 6 and Exodus 22, verses 8 and 9. Both of these verses will use the Hebrew term Elohim when it tells the Israelites to come to the judges or come to God for judgment. In the New American Standard, in Exodus 21, verse 6, then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost. The ESV here also has the word God. You'll bring him to God, Exodus 21, 6. The King James Version, the New International Version, have the word Judges instead. But this, seems, this refers to a case where a Hebrew slave has served his master for six years and he wants to continue this service instead of going free. And he is brought before the judges, he is brought before God to make this declaration and to go through this ceremony that ensures he can do this. In Exodus 22, verses 8 and 9. The situation is one friend has given another man something for safekeeping, and the item goes up missing. The person who was given the item for safekeeping is called before the judges, and he stands before them. Exodus 22, verses 8 and 9. Now, the word judges in Exodus 22, 9 in the New American Standard, is the word Elohim. And it is translated God in the ESV. It's translated Judges in the King James, the New International, and the New American Standard. But in both of these cases, Exodus 21, six and Exodus 22.8 and 9, the going before human judges is described as Elohim, as God's. Maybe because the judgment given in these courts, if they're properly rendered, is God's judgment, not just man's. Deuteronomy one seventeen, Second Chronicles 19, verses 6 and 7. While Israelites did not believe their king was God, they did not believe their king was a deity. He is addressed as Elohim in Psalm 45, verses 6 and 7. So my point in all of these references is this could be a passage. Psalm 82 could be a passage where God is judging in the midst of the Elohim, it could be a passage condemning wicked rulers for their false practice of justice. There are difficulties with that, which we can try to explain next time. But one view of the second Elohim of Psalm 82, verse 1, is that this is a reference to human judges. A second view is that this is a reference to angels, to demons, to evil spiritual forces or to spiritual forces which in the case of Psalm 82 have uh, not done well. Deuteronomy 32 verses 8 and 9 says, When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when He separated the sons of men, He set boundaries for the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of Israel. The Lord's portion is His people, Jacob is the allotment of His inheritance. Now, the phrase used in verse 8, Deuteronomy 32, 8, according to the number of the sons of Israel, there is a manuscript from the Dead Sea Scrolls that has according to the number of the sons of God. The Septuagint translates that according to the number of the angels. In that case, the Septuagint would emphasize that God has granted the angels some degree of authority in ruling this particular world. That idea also seems to appear in Daniel chapter. 10 in verse 13. Daniel 10 verses 20 and 21. In Daniel 12 verse 1 where the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece have wrestled with that angel that comes to Daniel and Daniel says there's no one to stand with me. Or The angel says to Daniel there's no one to stand with me except Michael the archangel of your people in Daniel 12 in verse 1 certainly angels and demons and spiritual forces work in our world could that be what this passage is talking about you remember the passage in second kings 6 verses 15 through 17 where this Elisha prays that his servant's eyes might be opened and he sees horses and chariots of fire, spiritual things, angelic things, all around them, protecting them, guarding them. They were not seen to the naked eye. But when Elisha prayed that his eyes be opened, they were opened in 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. And Ephesians 6, verse 12, talks about the reality of this spiritual conflict. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9, talks about a war in heaven. Could it be that the gods who are judged are these angels or spirits who were given some realm of authority in our world but are judged because of their wickedness in Psalm 82? That could be, that could be, because we do see that as a general picture of the Bible. It could be human rulers, it could be angels or demons or spirits, And some even believe this is a reference to the gods, to the other deities that the nations have worshipped, that God is calling them on trial, and God is rebuking them for their lack of justice and righteousness. There is a level at which I accept this, And there's a level at which I cannot accept this. It could be that this passage is a polemic. It's an argument. It's a debate. And it's showing that Israel's God is greater than all the gods. And God is pictured as hauling these other gods into court, in effect being judged by him because of the wickedness and the evil that they have perpetuated upon the earth. Now, if that is not done here in Psalm 82, it is done at other places in Scripture. If you go back and listen to our podcast in Psalm 29, Psalm 29, the things that are attributed to the Lord... As the Lord is mentioned, I believe, 18 times in Psalm 29, and the voice of the Lord is mentioned some seven times, the things that are attributed to him, God's power, the Lord's power, shown in the thunderstorm. I think the things that are said there are similar to what those in the ancient Near East said about their storm god, Baal or their storm god, Hadad. And the things that these other nations said about their god, the Bible is attributing to the Lord. It's not acknowledging the reality of Baal. It is stating that, that God is greater than Baal, for it takes the language that these nations applied to their god, their gods, and applies them to Yahweh. So that kind of thing happens in Scripture whether it is present in this passage or not. So there's a level at which I can understand that totally. But there is also a degree to which I cannot go along with this view. For example, one writer who occasionally says insightful things about the Psalms, says this in Psalm 82, verse 6, I said you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Verse 7, nevertheless you will die like men and fall like any one of the princesses. One writer writes this, God confesses to have been taken in By the polytheistic illusion. He imagined that these gods, entrusted with the administration of justice on the earth, would prove and justify their divine status by doing their job properly. In that event, he was sadly disappointed. God was taken in by a polytheistic illusion. Understanding the biblical concept of God, who knows all, and who knows all from end to beginning, I cannot countenance such a view. And some say this. Listen to these words which I find quite shocking. Ancient Israel did not have the same definition, of monotheism that we have. And the writer goes on, in the diverse world, perhaps Psalm 82 should give us pause and invite us to think of monotheism differently. Others are not necessarily delusional in their beliefs, in in their gods, but are simply people from a different place And a different culture. We should not assume that others are evil or suspect because they have a different God. Friend, does it matter whether we believe in the one God of the Bible? A second source that I was quoting from to you was one that would be regarded as an evangelical source. And yet it says these gods are not condemned by what they believe. Does it matter whether we believe in one God? Even the demons in James 2.19 are monotheistic. Are you telling me that Israel wasn't? And some would say, no, they weren't but listen to some of the verses that the new test listen to some of the verses of the old testament and, and just ask did they seem to teach belief in, in one god in-, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 in verse 35 Deuteronomy 4 in verse 35 to you it was shown that you might know that the lord he is god and there is no other besides Him. Deuteronomy 4.35 A few verses later, Deuteronomy 4.39 Know therefore today and take it to your heart that the Lord, He is God in heaven above and on earth below and there is no other. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 39 See now that I I am He And there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who heal. And there is none who can deliver from my hand. How did Israel define monotheism? Did they believe in one God? Does it matter? if we do the new testament consistently affirms that god is one galatians 3 verse 20 mark chapter 12 verse 32 among other places Listen to Isaiah 43, verses 11 through 13. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. Even from eternity I am He, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who? can reverse it. Isaiah 43, verses 11 through 13. Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. Now, let me summarize what we've said today. What we've said today is this. Psalm 82 is a controversial psalm, and much of that focuses on Psalm 82 in verse 1. And who is meant by that second use of the word Elohim, which the New American Standard translated rulers? We have discussed the possibility of this being human rulers. We have discussed the possibility, number two, of this being servants, or or, or being angels or, or spirits, and we discuss the possibility of this being a description of other gods. But under that third point of this being other gods, I think there is an acceptable and unacceptable way to look at it. We could look at this and say this is an argument that our God is the God, and worthy of all praise. I understand that argument. Whether it's in Psalm 82 or not, it's found elsewhere in Scripture. But some look at this and minimize the biblical teaching of one God, of one God who rules over all humanity. That I do not believe is correct. Lord willing, in a few days, we'll have another podcast on Psalm 82. Thank you.